Vampire Diaries. You came along at a time in my adolescence when I was, as Brittany would say, not a girl, not yet a woman. It was a hard time, but you united me with my best friend, who now sits here listening to me ramble. So thank you for that. Sincerely, Bridget. Aww. <laughs> Dear Vampire Diaries, what is it about you that has me doing a whole podcast dedicated to you? You weren't my first or last fictional obsession. Hell, you weren't even my first or last vampire obsession. Yet you were and are so very special to me. You are the keystone of such a distinct and significant time in my life. A time right before adulthood. A time of late-night car rides, incense-filled rooms, and blasting music. A time of teenage worries and stresses. Of subway BMTs with honey mustard and pickles shared over conspiracy theories. <laughs> a time when I got to spend every day with my best friend. So not only am I excited to relive the laughs and tears and oh my god moments of with these characters I grew to love so much, I'm excited to recapture a little bit of that time you gave to Bridget and I. Sincerely, Nikki. Oh my god, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I'm gonna cry. And hello, welcome to Dear Vampire Diaries. I'm your host, Nikki. I'm your other host, I'm Bridget. And we are so excited. Yeah, we really are. It's funny that we both touched on like adolescence i had the realization that the characters are like our age when we were watching it which it never really felt like to me when i was watching the show no never because they were so attractive and not in real high school (laughs) no i was like no one is this hot ever you're telling me that their high school experience doesn't quite mirror our high school experience no so this is going to be an introductory episode uh we wanted to just kind of use this time to explain what we're doing, what we want this podcast to be, who the hell we are, and why the hell we're talking about Vampire Diaries 10 years later after we started watching it. A lady never reveals her age, but if you're capable of simple math, we were 17 when we watched this, so... (laughs) 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 Yeah, wow. Oh, I wanted to read something uh, from a feminist text. Uh... Dear podcast listeners, this is going to be a reoccurring theme. Nikki's like, okay, just, just, you know, go with it. I love it. I'm so excited. Him, him. I want to say that uh, this is from a wonderful little book called Bringing Light to Twilight, Perspectives on the Pop Culture Phenomenon. Um, And we've got like a bunch of different folks in here, but up here in the introduction, it says, only by reading and rereading and analyzing a story that presents its world in sometimes confusing ways, we can strive to see our own world more clearly. Thus, the contributors examine not only what the saga explicitly states, but also what the narratives imply, what they disguise, and what they assume. The chapters that follow do not seek to destroy the world of fantasy. Instead, they strive to loosen up the restrictive boundaries between pleasure and intellectual pursuit, and allow enjoyment at the same time as a critical engagement with the texts. I got so excited when I read that. Yeah. Because it's like, it's very, it's very similar to what we're doing. We wouldn't just like watch Vampire Diaries like the way that people watch like The Bachelor. The way that normal people enjoy anything ever. Uh, Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. But it wasn't (laughs) like, it wasn't like Girls Night, like we're gonna watch The Vampire Diaries because that, it was genuinely like, okay, we have to pause this and talk about this. What does this mean? Like, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) We were always, we were having a podcast back then. It was just not recorded. Yeah, and to nobody, right, yes, yeah. absolutely. It was to our, our English class that will come up a lot during this show. Oh, our poor teacher. Oh. Yeah. But I think that you, 
like that's a really good point because I think that you know 10 years is a long time especially the difference between 17 plus 10 years (laughs) um as far as how you view something especially something that's tailored for the demographic we were when we watched it originally um so I think that going through it again and re-examining it I think is really going to be interesting it's also going to be you know it's going to be interesting to see what things that we still love and what things we have some genuine concern about and things that we're not so hot on anymore uh maybe how characters are and how they handle situations that at the time we were like Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fine. And now we're like, oh boy, red flag. (laughs) Or who we absolutely hated. And now we're like, oh, I have new empathy for that character. Um, Which I think is, you know, definitely going to happen. I mean, thank goodness that 10 years does change a person. That's actually quite comforting. It really is. (laughs) It really is. So what we want to do with this show is we want to, we want to re-examine episode by episode and we'll go through the episode at the time kind of scene by scene with some other fun little segments we'll explain later and just talk about what happened and how we feel about it yeah so we're gonna try to do this as spoiler free as possible Uh, obviously we will be spoiling each episode as we talk about it which i think makes sense um but, but you know deserves description we'll always include a trigger warning you know if anything comes up that we sort of think oh okay like we need to draw attention to this because like people should know what they're getting into and um, it's it's just amazing to me sometimes that I watched this at the age that I did. Like, I'm like, there are a lot of adult <laughs> themes in this, you know? <laughs> yeah, if you've never watched The Vampire Diaries and this is your onboarding to it, uh, I feel honored, uh, truly honored <laughs> to be yeah. shepherding you through this experience. But also, even though it, it was a CW show, there some, there's some dark shit that happens in this show. Yeah, stuff that, like, I'm way more sensitive to now than I think I was even as a 17-year-old, which is pretty amazing <laughs> to think about, because yeah. I, I, I think I cried every day when I was 17, and now <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll always have that trigger warning. We're going to try to put, like, the timestamps that we talk about things into the description of the episode, um, so that, you know, if you want to skip something, like, if you're like, I didn't come here to listen to that today... Um, you can skip a piece, yeah. And our goal is obviously to make this a fun thing, and we care about people who want to spend this time with us, and we want to make it as enjoyable as possible for everybody. Yeah. Speaking of enjoyment, uh, (laughs) I do think that we will be including the Netflix description of the episode, because from what I've heard... It gets a little buck wild sometimes. Yeah, and I checked, and it's the same on IMDb. I'm not gonna, you know, incriminate us, but when we were 17, we were not necessarily watching this live, (laughs) nor on Netflix. We were huddled around your brother's computer on, like, an illegal streaming site. Allegedly, allegedly. We would uh, allegedly click a link, and then hypothetically pause it, and then let it uh, load for like hours as we ate Lucky Charms. Well, no, as I ate Lucky Charms and you watched me eat all of your Lucky Charms. All of the snack food that my mom bought specifically for you. Um, and I think that with this new gained perspective and all this wisdom that we have now in our 20s, as I'm sure anybody older will be like, oh boy, you have so much still left to learn. But uh, we do want to start giving some advice to these fictional characters that we care so much about. There is a, a mailbox uh, from that is a portal from the fictional world to our world. 
and occasionally, you know, some questions may be posed there from the characters to us. Of course, we are not experts in pretty much anything that'll probably be brought up for a question. No, we're, we're, we are going to use our own wisdom from our lives and project it onto these characters. <laughs> as we did <laughs> at 17 and as we shall continue to do. <laughs> We're also, uh, after we get through the scenes, we want... Thanks for keeping us on track, by the way. I don't want to ramble about everything. I just know that how you and I are as people, Bridget and I are incapable of having a short conversation. I think the shortest conversation we've ever had was like yeah. 30 minutes, and we were yeah. like amazed with ourselves. It was like a quick, I gotta go, but like, let me tell you about this thing. And we were like, oh my god, we only talked for like 30 minutes. <laughs> Our typical phone calls are like at least two hours. That, that moment went down in history that day. Uh, but after our scenes, we want to kind of sum up who we liked and who we didn't like in our segment we're going to be calling Take em or Stake em. Take em or Stake em. Um, and where we're taking them we, will depend week by week and who we're talking about. The rhyme was too good to deny the taking of them. Um, we'll see what that means. It's a positive. Yes, we will. We will. It's 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 open to interpretation. Yeah. My favorite segment is <laughs> the word of the day. Okay, so please explain. This has its roots in how much we annoyed our poor AP English class with endless references that we snuck into our homework to the Vampire Diaries. So like you know those silver dollar words and like the vocabulary and stuff we would have to what was it, just like make sentences and put them up on the board and be like, I'm using this word in the sentence. There was a very specific time that I recall. Um, this was definitely a you thing more than a me thing because I was perpetually afraid of getting in trouble. Still am. But <laughs> where you did all of your homework sentences as Vampire Diaries references. And yes. our AP English <laughs> class was another great highlight of our lives at this time. And we want to honor best. it by doing a word of the day so we will take the meyer webster what is it meyer webster oh there's um there's like a randomized word on miriam webster's um online dictionary and so every day we'll we'll read you the word so that you can also expand your vocabulary and we will use it in a sentence about the episode yes i'm finally making you do my homework nikki <laughs> 10 years later <laughs> we don't want to just rot your brains we want you to learn a little bit with the nice lens of Vampire Diaries. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then we, in another highlight... Oh, oh, can I introduce this one too? Yes, you may introduce this one too. This next one is a tarot card dedication. So tarot is another uh, sort of staple of my friendship with Nikki. For those that don't know, tarot is like an ancient archetype kind of deck. And Nikki and I each have our own decks. And we are going to pick a card either randomly or we can be like, oh, I know exactly the card for this character and we're going to dedicate it to them, you know, based on whatever it means. Like, you know, it might kind of be tied to advice, but it also might just be like, this is where I really think they are at like their point in the story or like their relationship or like this is the real situation that's going on here. And yeah, so we're going to do that every episode. I'm really excited because I can't wait for the day, Nikki when we pick the same tarot card for the same character because we are freaky similar. I know. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Yeah. I mean, we just have like a weird brain sink. In high school, we would sit on my couch and try to read each other's minds by trying to guess what color or shape or number the other one was thinking. And I do think that some of that practice has paid off because we have a lot of really weird moments. We have a lot of like 
weird kind of psychic sort of connection of like I'll text you and you'll be like I was just thinking about that yeah no and even this podcast I think is an example of that dude because like I had an idea one night it was very late at night I, I knew I couldn't text you because you're already three hours ahead so I was like all right like I'm just gonna watch the first episode of the Vampire Diaries and take notes like I am in a podcast with Nikki about it and then maybe like a month later I was hanging out with you and some of our friends and uh you were mentioning projects that you had to do with them and I was like don't forget our Vampire Diaries podcast and you just went with it you were like oh yep all right and then the next day you were like so what's the podcast called like what are we doing here (laughs) you know it just like happened you mean my impulsive Aries energy was like we're doing this you have a very yes and energy I love it (laughs) so when we actually um ended up going to college I remember that we tried to continue this like love of the vampire diaries together where we would would we Zoom? We, we would Skype. Skype. Yeah, Zoom wasn't. We'd Skype each other, and then we would watch the episode, like, one, two, three, go. And then if we had to pause or, like, go to the bathroom, it would be like, one, two, three, pause. Okay. And uh, much the way that we begin recording now. Funny. It was around season four, right? Yes. Yeah. It was around the time... Well, we won't spoil it. Never mind. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. No spoilers. But, but we... Eek! If anybody spoils something, it's going to be me, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we have editing. We're going to be fine. It's kind of crazy to think about, like, the height of obsession that we had over this show, how much it was so much a part of our lives. It was like corkboard with strings and pictures. Like, we were going a beautiful mind on this show. Oh, like that, it, it was... was a lot. But we both haven't finished the show. Yeah. When did you stop watching? So I tried to finish it again a couple years ago, uh, maybe two years ago. So I think I got to season six, halfway through season six. Literally, I stopped watching halfway through season six. And I don't really, okay, I know, I think I know why for the, my first, like when you and I were watching it in college, and that was college, (laughs) um, it was very stressful for me personally. And then I think that we also just kind of got into other IP that at that time it fit more where we were in our lives. You got me very into Buffy (laughs) and (laughs) I, I don't know, I got really into Supernatural and other sorts of things and those, Doctor Who and like, you know, you meet other people and other friends that onboard you onto other things that you're interested in and... I also did infect my roommates with the Vampire Diaries, so <laughs> they also got into it and obsessed nice, with it. Nice verb choice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Not to date uh, this podcast, but we are recording this in uh, Coronavirus time. 2021. Yeah. Um, Bridget, why do you think you stopped watching? You know, what I would do at the time was I would kind of like, because you're right, college got really busy. And when I would get home, I would just like binge to catch up. That was like okay for a while, but I started like doing things like playing Mahjong as I watched it or like playing Candy Crush and it was kind of in the background. And what I found was that I was just really wanting to spend time with the characters and not with crazy weird plot twists. Um... And, and, and the, I can say that for a lot of other shows, like, I really loved Gossip Girl. That was another, was that CW? I think it was. I, I loved, like, the first two seasons of that, for example. And then the same thing happened where, like, all the twists just, like, got me, like, this doesn't feel like it's maybe true to the characters anymore or as true as it once was. 
And, you know, as you know, like, my draw to any show is can I connect to the community in the show? Like, is there something about this world that, like, draws me in? And if it loses its continuity, which I felt like it kind of did. But, I mean, that was my view at the time. I don't know if I would still feel that way. And it's hard to write television for years and years and years and have it be... Keep it interesting. Yeah, that's why, I mean, you know, sorry not to bring in too many other, like, fandoms, but, like, that's why, like... For me, Buffy was, like, a steady rise because it, like, kept getting better and better each season. And my love of the Vampire Diaries peaked at a certain point. But that was my perspective at the time. Again, like, I don't know if today I would be like, ooh, actually. I agree. My, it's interesting because, like, thinking about it now, I think that there was, having rewatched it at a later time, you know, up until season six, um... There is definitely a rut around when I yeah. stopped watching it originally. Yeah. Although there are some things where I remember going, wow, I really love this show. Like, just like, like I would stop playing Mahjong and I would look at the computer <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, my God, that is so good. Or I would like cry. Oh, my and God. There would be moments of that. The heart of the show that originally got us interested in it. Yeah. But I think that like why I'm interested to like finish it is... I stopped watching it again, but I was very much enjoying where I was at in season six. It wasn't for lack of being interested. I thought that the plot line was actually really fascinating, and I was kind of excited to see what happens. But, you know, life gets in the way, and I'm a lot less in a position now to... Totally. This sounds ironic considering I'm going to do a whole fucking podcast about watching the show now. (laughs) But, like, I was just trying to finish it just to finish it, and not so much enjoying it anymore. Totally. And and so we're going to remedy that because how could we not enjoy something that we do together? Um, oh, I think that this is going to be, I'm just, I'm, I'm very excited about this. So we talked about, you know, kind of when and why we stopped watching. Um, I started watching because you told me to, uh, which is kind of how I get into a lot of things. My minion. I think at that point they were in season three three yes you're right they were like halfway they were at the season three uh winter break yes because we basically binged the first two seasons those two seasons chef's kiss so good but when did you start watching i weirdly like i remember being in my bedroom my maybe my freshman year because the show started in 2009 and we were freshmen in 2009 so i found this like random episode that was totally, I had no idea what was going on, but I knew that I loved it. I don't know why. I was like, th- these characters, these actors, something about this world, I just felt it. It was like... Is there any sort of non-spoiler thing you could say that will tell me what episode it was? There may be fantasies and dreams happening. There may be some people that look like some other people happening. <laughs> You're describing so many trying to not spoil i love it oh i think i know what you're talking about maybe we'll yeah anyway maybe but anyway we'll see if our psychic link's really working yeah that's right that was that would have been a good moment nikki um no we don't wait 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 wait. we'll cut this but we'll cut this but i want to i want to try to guess okay Okay, so listeners we are we didn't quite get it (laughs) i didn't quite get it um but yeah, I don't know why I was inexplicably drawn to the show. Um, and then when I saw that it was on Netflix, which of course it was like the place where I binged everything, 
Uh, still is. Like they, I was saying, like that you use past tense on that. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Who are we kidding? I still do that. Um, and I, I remember I just went over to your place and I was like, you need to watch it because we met because of we met because of Twilight. But that's not this podcast. I promise. I promise. <laughs> we just love vampires. <laughs> we had a very we had a very like like cw worthy meet cute we really did it was faded because we met because of me reading eclipse outside of the high school on the first day of school freshman year all of a sudden the book is snatched out of my hand this is so embarrassing by a very loud aries woman <laughs> i thought she was somebody else <laughs> so i look up and nikki got like she looks at the book and looks at me and goes you're reading this again and i was like how does she know technically I think I I said that as I was snatching it, looked at you, realized you were a stranger, <laughs> had this, oh my god, I am so sorry moment. <laughs> but so what else is weird about it is, um, so I had and have a friend, well, I guess we have a friend named Julie, uh, and Julie and I at that time were really, really close, and... Julie had separately met Bridget and yeah that morning in Spanish class yeah. yeah and Julie had told me you should meet this girl Bridget I met I think you two would really get along which is crazy because she also said that to me I was like yeah I'm new here I don't know anyone like I don't really have any friends and and Julie was like I know someone that you would get along with amazingly and, and she did not introduce us. No, we met separately by the universe's hand. If it was a CW show, Julie would have walked up and been like, oh, good, you met each other. Through vampires, through a love of vampires, what is it about them that makes them so magnetic? I think this is an interesting thing to explore because the time that vampires was out and popular, there was a real renaissance for vampires at the time. It was almost um, totally saturated pop culture to the point where people were really annoyed by it because twilight was getting its movies out um true blood was a thing right but before twilight even i know that um you know Anne rice was like a big thing of like the 70s yeah. 80s all that stuff like th- and and there was like a new dracula movie in 2000 early 2000s late 1990s or something we also wrapping it back into ape english had to read bram stoker's dracula for summer reading that was the best i love that so much and that book scared the hell out of me because we have a lot of fog where we come from there's just a lot of like open spaces and fog and so i would be driving to school just like damn i hope i don't get attacked we'll get into that (laughs) we'll get into all the land of fog the land of dry ice machines yeah i think that for me reading bram stoker's dracula was felt like a a rite of passage as somebody who has always been obsessed and in love with vampires like I needed to do um because I personally felt very hipstery about vampires when they got popular because I was like oh I was already in love with vampires and now it's like real popular (laughs) I love that yeah you know I was in love with Benicula before everyone liked Twilight so Mm. Benicula is about a vampire bunny who drains cabbages of their color I, speaking of vampire obsessions, um, loved the movie Underworld. Saw that when I was probably too young to see that movie, but that was like my favorite movie at the time. You introduced me to Underworld. Underworld's so good. Selena's so good. Kit Beckinsale is so attractive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The most com- the most flattering compliment anybody ever gave me was when I cut my hair and dyed it black and somebody said that I looked like Celine and I was like, 
almost to tears. Like, thank you so much. They didn't know what they did that day. But I also had um, <laughs> in my bedroom this vampire poster, this vampire bride, and she's in this wedding dress, and she's got a oh, lot. I of, remember that. She's got a lot of cleavage hanging out of her wedding dress, but there's like blood <laughs> everywhere. Like she's just murdered her husband to be, or wife to be, but considering the time period, probably husband to be. And she's like, she has like this crown on and she's just crying and it's so dramatic. And to me, it's everything I love about vampires because I love angst and I love emotion and I love that they're like allure and to bring up an AP English vocab word that has always stuck with me, their salaciousness. Oh my goodness. I love that. I always remember that one. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, vampires have always been this fascinating mythical creature because they're they're always seen as being like very intelligent and like knowing the right thing to do because they have so much wisdom um but they're also attractive and fun because they have a little bit of this lack of worry i mean unless they're brooding but we'll get into (laughs) that i think we see both ends of that spectrum in the pilot (laughs) so many of the white male vampires are brooding what's up with them what's going on with them but <laughs> there's so many things to worry about, Bridget. There's something about them. They are monsters that look like people. It's almost in the same vein of like why we love serial killers so much. Do you know what I mean? And not, we don't love them, but we, we, we're fascinated. You know what I mean? It's like, what are these real life monsters that look like us and look like a normal person? But then there's something underneath the surface. And I think that that's so, that's right. so malleable. You know what I mean? Like we, it could be like you know, oh, I'm like dealing with depression or anxiety and I look like a normal person on the outside, but I have like this demon in me almost, it feels, you know, not to make it like, you know, exorcisty, but like the, sometimes people I think can feel like I look one way on the outside and on the inside I feel another way, or even just I physically can't be with other people. I feel so othered in some way, um, or even I can be with them and not be like them. Um, and, and And I think that's so... That's so flexible in terms of like the empathy that it has for isolation and themes of of dealing with sort of like the underbelly of human nature, which is interesting because they're not humans, but they used to be. But they're different from zombies, I think, which is like, you know, you used to be a person, but now you don't have your brain. As a vampire, you have your whole personhood and it's been allowed to sort of crystallize and mature for many many years and I think also there's the immortality theme which many people are you know especially as teenagers maybe maybe that's why it appeals so much to that demographic this is just me spitballing here I was just gonna say that I totally was when you're talking about like it's this looking like one way and feeling totally different or misunderstood I think is a perfect thing for teenagers because You feel so misunderstood when you're a teenager. You feel like people don't get it. And everything when you're a teenager feels so important. Because, especially high school, because high school is four years of your already kind of short life. So it is a good chunk of your life and it is important. But it feels like the whole world. And it's your first time doing a lot of things. It's it's your first time feeling certain things and like hormones are going crazy, which is just like... What a roller coaster that is. Ooh, it, you know, and that's totally like my body is doing something that I, my mind would mm-hmm. prefer it didn't in a way, you know, which is such a, a vampire theme of like what I am craves something that no matter if I find it morally excusable or not, I, you know, I feel like I want this thing that like is separate from yeah. maybe who I am. 
um, which is like such an interesting theme. Um, the idea that like our brain is separate from our body, which of course is not real because our brain is, is a very big part of our body. But yeah, uh, you know what I mean? Like in terms of like what you would want for yourself and, and what you see your identity as, and then what your like physicality is almost like urging you to do. Um, and not just sexually, which of course there's like big sexual themes with vampires. And, and I think a very big like LGBTQIA kind of um, parallel between the sort of the way that vampires are so othered and that they, they've almost been around for, you know, centuries, the, the idea that they can just keep living. And it's like, there must be so many different types of people that they have loved and things they've been able to explore, find about themselves. <laughs> because it's also like, you know, in your short human life, and some people's are shorter than others, but you can literally only meet a certain number of people. Like, you you don't have, you know, you have to sleep, you have to, um, you know, live your life. And the room that that makes for getting to know people, you're only going to know a handful of the people on the planet. Like, yeah. And if you're a vampire, you're going to be meeting a lot of people from many generations and from different cultures and finding out all the different ways that you can actually love humanity. There's actually a very big, you know, even though there's a big separation between, you know, the idea of a vampire individual and humanity at large, it's almost like they would know humanity more in a way. Than, than we even could. I think that's a really great point. And I think that as we go through this, this sort of perspective is going to come up a lot um, and how Vampire Diaries decided to take on that lens, I guess, um, and what they chose to do with it. And I'm sure some of it we will be like, cool. And some of it will be like, this was a real big missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah. And that brings me back around again to that, um, the reading of the feminist text that I, as I push up my glasses, um, that, uh, that I read earlier is the reason why I brought that up is because I think it's so important to see that, like, we obviously, you know, in, in a big way, have a lot of love for this show, but we also have, um, a love of intellectual discourse and just like, delving into what we can squeeze out of this reflection of th this this very small microcosm of like art reflecting our culture and um i just think that's fascinating like we've always loved to do that we have always loved to talk about you know our personal feelings sort of from a fandom perspective but then also like as individuals who are just trying to figure out what it means to live in the world and like reflect on certain themes and, and things that you know we're trying to figure out by living out loud and and how that's reflected in these characters they're often just like foils for us to have just like really great discussions and so we wanted to record it for you guys bridget and i've had some epic conversations uh and we figured why why not just record it so if you find it interesting um and you like what we have to say about this show that we love so much and we hope you love it too or you grow to love it you'll just stick around and go on this journey with us because we have a lot of show to get through <laughs> we sure do and we've signed on for quite the ride yeah. uh but we we do hope that you will uh be with us on this journey and we're really excited i love you nikki i would not be doing this without I you i love you too and i'm so excited and i can't wait and i just want to watch the pilot right now <laughs> me too so thank you all for joining us for this introductory episode. I've been your host, Nikki. I've been your host, Bridget. Thanks.